people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Master Jamie on the inside, just in front of Raidner. Rhinor Rhythm is about to burst into the clear, coming out after Master Jamie. Star of O'Reilly's joining in down the outside. Star of O'Reilly went up on the outside of Rhinor Rhythm, who's kicking strongly. Rhinor Rhythm went through, hit the front, one Beat Star of O'Reilly. Master Jamie, every chance third, Raiden, fourth, bogeyman, JJ, Radapole last. Rhyme nor Rhythm taking out the uh, Capricorn Rewind and Electrical Magic Millions Country Cup Qualifier yesterday at Callaghan Park, Rockhampton under the guidance of Brad Pengelly for trainer Lindsay Hatch as we count down towards that big day coming up the week before the Magic Millions sale. It's going to be a great day where all of the country will head to the coast as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up lots of country news. Going to look back at the weekend at what happened with the meetings at Bundaberg and Roma and also have a bit of a look at what is coming up over the festive time. There's a little bit of a wind down at the moment of some of these country meetings. There's been a bit of wet weather as well, which has created a little bit of havoc over the last couple of weeks. As we always say, we welcome the rain. But it is a case of uh, sometimes too much is of a good thing is just too much. We've got lots of news to get through today. And as always, helping us out with lots of news is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And great to hear that heat of the Magic Millions Country Cup qualifier uh, at Rockhampton yesterday. Tony, as we've just flowed on from the uh, Country Cups and the Country Stampede, we now have the Magic Millions qualifiers. And Lindsay Hatch, two horses on the day. Two winners, and I think Todd Austin would have been... Uh, he saw uh, the the winner's uh, backside twice with uh, Star of O'Reilly in that race and Echo Point in, I think, the previous race as well. So uh, the uh, Barcaldon form holding up very well. Good on you, Toddy Austin. But Lindsay Hatch, he gets to Rocky with the horses and goes extremely well. And there's a qualifier now for that next uh, series that we've got going, Tony. It's nice to see the flow on as well, Rob. Uh, a couple of those horses that we did see come to Durban for the Country Cups final, the Country Stampede. They're still continuing on their, uh, their campaigns as much as they weren't successful yesterday. Speaking of the likes of High Harry and Bernie's Tiger, who were beaten by Octavian in that 1,500-metre race. But great to see uh, the, uh, the action there. And yes, counting down towards that big uh, Magic Millions Country Cup Day, which if I check my uh, calendar is going to be on Saturday the 8th of January. Uh, Country Cup Day is the week before Magic Millions. We've got a couple more qualifiers coming up after that one yesterday at Rockhampton. Uh, Tuesday of next week, the 21st, is going to be a qualifier at Townsville. And then on Boxing Day, uh, Warwick have a tab program that's uh, coming to the calculations now, and they also have a Country Cup qualifier that day. And, of course, your Burn It to the Beach um, series is being maintained, and that comes up at ESC, I think, next, Tony, on the 18th of December. So these series and qualifiers, they really do just keep adding the layer to the cake for country and provincial trainers. As I said, uh, we've lost a few meetings in recent times due to the uh, the wet weather. Uh, it was Gundawindi and Nanango on the uh, the 4th of December. And then the weekend just completed. Uh, Texas weren't able to go ahead with their uh, Texas Cup program. That has been uh, added to the calendar next year. At this stage, the tentative replacement date for Texas Cup Day is going to be the 19th of February, 2022. I know we're halfway through December, but it already feels odd talking about 2022. You've probably been in that mode for ages, loading up Barker's news with all of the 2022 diaries. You've been thinking about that for months. 
<laughs> exactly, and using the diary to record dates for book orders that are already <laughs> through to April next year, by the way. We were meant to be racing this weekend at Chinchilla for their cup program, but unfortunately uh, the wet weather has created havoc there and there's a couple of big sinkholes I saw mm. in some of the, the social media footage there. That, so the uh, Chinchilla track is going to have to uh, undergo a reasonable amount of uh, maintenance and get everything back up and running there. So at this stage, uh, a date hasn't been uh, set in stone for the replacement meeting, but good to see that there has been a meeting at a Warwick Turf Club are going to be racing this weekend, uh, so that will help out those around that Downs region. Uh, as you mentioned, Esk racing on Saturday with the Burn at the Beach series. Uh, Mid-coast, we're at Gladstone in central Queensland on Saturday, and up north it's going to be a tab program at Mackay and Atherton with a uh, non-tab program this coming weekend. So still plenty of country racing uh, continuing on for this week. Yeah, no rest for uh, Bushbeat as well, Tony, because we'll be back each of these uh, Tuesdays. I think there's only about once or twice during the year we go. Uh, don't get to report on country racing, but looking forward to those meetings. But, of course, we did race on the weekend at uh, Bundaberg and uh, Roma. And uh, Bundaberg, you were talking about horses continuing on. Well, a horse called Wrecking Ball, um, which won a, I'm pretty sure, was a qualifier for the country stampede. And uh, he didn't go there, but he continued on in winning form. Running towards the turn, 400 to go now, and it's crisscross clear by a couple of lengths. Wrecking Ball starting to work into the race, the outside. Dolce stays down near the fence, and then came Walchie as they drop off. Sweet Venom, it's crisscross out by a couple of lengths, going well, 175 to run. Wrecking Ball starting to come at him now. The inside crisscross, but Wrecking Ball's out after him. Wrecking Ball under the big weight, took the lead. Wrecking Ball, just Wrecking Ball by a head. Second was crisscross, third not sure, Walchie or Dolce, uh, then came Sweet Venom and Duelat Supremo Leon was the last one in. Wrecking Ball taking out the Byron Bay Brewery open over 1,090 metres on Saturday at Bundaberg Rob and it was uh, part of a, uh, a winning double for jockey Kelly Gates and trainer Daryl Gardner. They combined for that one but had their uh, their other leg of their doubles with uh, with separate uh, different connections there but it was certainly uh, a good win there for the connections of Wrecking Ball. And great to hear Jared Wessel's uh, call of wrecking ball, of course, coming off those great calls on the uh, Country Stampede and uh, Country Cups. Good morning to you, Jared. Congratulations on those feature calls. And I've got a feeling you like calling this horse wrecking ball because he's one of those horses that seem to storm home in the finish and he's just got something about the name. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Robin. Good morning, Tony. He is a, a horse, to, a good horse to call. Uh, he's got that good name too, Wrecking Ball. The punters seem to love cheering it uh, up the straight as well. So uh, yeah, he's certainly going about uh, things in Bundaberg. That was his fifth win from six starts. Only that one blemish. Uh, three starts to go over the 12-12. He did win that qualify uh, back on uh, at Melbourne Cup at Bundaberg. But from what I understand, he's a, a bit of a tricky horse to manage. He's not the the most sound horse. So I, I think Daryl uh, elected just to keep him at home. And I think we'll just see him probably racing around Bundaberg and, and not too far off the sand tracks. He's an eight-year-old now. So uh, maybe Daryl will, will gear him up for, for one more uh, Bundaberg Cup in July a little bit later on this year and he might head off to uh, to a paddock after that but yeah, he had it against him on Saturday it was a good win in the qualifier but he had a, a couple of weight turnarounds that were against him uh, with horses like Dolce who went off as our favourite uh, who had big weight swings on him so to carry that 60 kilos give weight to, to every horse in the race and still proved too strong in the run to the post it was a, a big performance from him once again. Yeah, and uh, Daryl Gardner pulling the right rein, as you're saying, with wrecking ball there, and of course gets to Cornella with crisscross. But it was a day almost where the lady jockeys again were riding the program, apart from uh, one race on the program, of course, as Tony mentioned earlier, Kelly Gates with the double, and of course uh, Daryl Gardner getting a double, and Gemma Steele getting a double on the program. 
Yeah, it was a, a big day for the girls. Uh, Robbie was able to, to stop them with a win on Wild Element uh, in race uh, number but two. But yeah, a couple of good steers from both Gemma and, uh, and Kelly Gates. They certainly both shared riding honours uh, on Saturday. Yeah, just take us through those wins for the uh, ladies. Gemma still bookending the program, firstly with Mark Patterson. He's done a great job with this Aratula, by the way. It's changed trainers a lot too. And it went to his dad, John, who I know is a, a real uh, Bushman horseman. And I'm pretty sure Mark was very happy with the way this horse has come back in form now with three wins and three minor placings, his last six. Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's really switched on this horse. It was a big win. Uh, it was a big Class B winner back on Melbourne Cup day at Bundaberg. Scored by five and a half lengths over the 8.50, which, as we know, over the, the very short sprint trips, it's tough to, to win by big margins. But he backed that up with a, another big performance, uh, winning on Saturday by four and a quarter. Time very, very good, 47.61. So... Uh, he's doing it. It looks impressive to the eye, but it, it's also being backed up on the clock with the 60 kilos as well. So he's certainly uh, firing on all cylinders. This horse, Aratula, seems to have a real liking for the 850 around Bundaberg as well. So I think uh, sort of sticking to those sorts of races, obviously he's going to have to jump up to benchmark road, we think, next time. But uh, yeah, he's racing really well and he's in very good form, Aratula. Yeah, Sherry Vick had the second and third there and Robbie Farr on that runner. They would have been pleased to get into the next race. The ratings band 0 to 55 when Robbie kicked home Wild Element uh, for his partner. And uh, they are relocating to Longreach in January. It was the plan hopefully still the same way because uh, they're bringing some horses out here going to relocate to Longreach in January, uh, Jared. Yeah, some some big news. Uh, they've got this horse, Wild Element, uh, who, who's another one who's flying at the moment. It seems to have a real liking for the, the, the sand or the, the heavy sand tracks, especially in Bundaberg. He's now won five from 14 over the... Oh, at, at Bundaberg, I should say, and he's won four from nine over the uh, the 1,090 there. And this was a good win. He had to sit wide the whole way. Uh, it was him and Gossio were sort of out beyond the middle of the track for yeah, virtually the whole race. And, and Wild Element, he was much too strong at the run of the post, came away to score by a length and three quarters. So uh, I'm sure he's enjoying his racing. Nine years young, that was start 84 on Sunday and, and win 10 for him. So he's been a very good money spinner for them for a, a long time and nothing seems to be changing in that regard. Yeah, interestingly, in race one and two, the jockey placings reversed. Gemma beating home Robbie Farr and Robbie Farr getting up over Gemma in that race. But uh, you mentioned Kelly Gates and uh, she had a race-to-race double after Wrecking Ball. Came along the cutest maiden. Uh, wasn't the cutest money going off for Rocket Ryan, but uh, a bit of support for this Barry Gill-trained runner that Kelly kicked home over Craigley Bandit. Yeah, he was an interesting horse to line up. He came through a, a couple of strong maidens at Caloundra, a very strong maiden, uh, the first, or his first start, I should say, uh, he ran ninth on that occasion but behind a horse uh, called Zava Boom, who's trained by Tony Gollan and has got a bit of a rap on him. He went around big odds uh, at that start and his following start at Kalanda. But then he was quite good running second behind APT up at Mount Perry uh, there. And uh, he came into this race, certainly looked a very suitable option for him. And there's another one who was able to race right away in the straight, uh, scored by just under four lengths. And uh, I think around the, the, the country circuit barrier, with no doubt, will manage him really well. And I think there's going to be plenty more wins in storm for Rocket Ryan. Uh, that, that was a big win on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, Daryl Gardner, we mentioned, had a double with the wrecking ball win, but followed up in the penultimate race on the program, the uh, 1380. It's an unusual distance, the benchmark 60, with a home call for Montana Philpop. Yeah, another horse uh, who is racing well at, at Bundaberg. Obviously, Daryl, uh, his horses always race uh, very, very well on their home track. But another one who seems to be just appreciating that little bit more trip, uh, ran third, uh, a benchmark 62 back behind Mr. Maharaj. And uh, again on Saturday, just really appreciating that uh, that little bit further, 1380 again. And 
and he was able to win in another race where they ran really good time, 121.96 to the 1380. That's good going around Bundaberg. So, yeah, he's now had the five starts for a couple of wins and a couple of minors, and he's certainly going along very, very well, uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's uh, plenty more wins in store for him home call. Yeah, whereas Kelly Gates uh, had successive double, uh, Gemma Steele bookending the program with that win in the first with Aratura, and then the last on the day, King of the Harbour for Simon Kurtz, the Harbour Watch. It was only a four-horse field. Um, but uh, a convincing winner in the end at good odds. Yeah, yeah, he was. He went off as the outsider in the four horse field, uh, which so often we seem to see the yeah. win. But uh, uh, it was an interesting run of the lineup. He, he uh, prior to Saturday ran uh, down the track in a, an eleven hundred metre class one at, uh, at the Sunshine Coast on the the Poly track there, and he actually ran over the eight fifty in a, a class B behind Arachula uh, on. Um, Melbourne Cup Day, so he was jumping right up in trip. He'd never been sort of tested over this distance before, so I think the punters were sort of, oh, well, maybe just trying to get a look at him over the little bit longer trip, but yeah, he seemed to really appreciate it. He raced sort of on the outside three-quarters uh, or the girth of Mr. Maharaj, and uh, he was really strong to the line, so maybe he's another one just up in trip. Might be, might be suiting him, and yeah, there's not too many of these races around, you know, mile sort of, and even beyond in the bush, so if, if he can keep well, if he really enjoys that little bit further trip, I think he's well. There's a, there's a real opportunity for him to to win a few more races over the longer journeys in the country. Yeah, he's another one with two wins both on the sand, and it's often uh, horses for courses on tracks like uh, Bundaberg and Gympie, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, they get that little bit um, sort of heavier sand, and uh, especially at Bundaberg anyway. And yeah, if they they can get through it well, uh, I, th- I think there's certainly uh, more races in store for them to be winning uh, those sort of tracks. Wasn't the case on Saturday either. They weren't coming as wide down the track uh, this time, Jared, as they have sometimes. Uh, no, they seem to just sort of be inside that uh, where well, we we have that outside uh, grass, sort of just inside that uh, grass line. So they they seem to just that's where Aratula was, and uh, that's where Wrecking Ball was as well. So that, I think that was the A ground. They both had to lump the big weights, so there was no issue with that part of the track. And uh, Chris Cross as well. He wasn't all that far off the fence, probably two or three horses off the fence, and, and he led for most of the way. So uh, I think it was, uh, you know, just quite fair right right the way across. We saw horses from up on the speed race well, and, and you could come from behind. So I thought it was a quite a fair day's racing uh, overall. Am I right in thinking that uh, Bundy's got a little bit of a break now? You don't race until end of January? No, not until the end of January. Uh, I think it's either the 28th or the 29th, the Saturday, which is actually our tab meeting for the, the 2020 U, uh, 2022, I should say, calendar year. So really looking forward to that. Uh, we'll be streaming right around the world and uh, looking forward to, to seeing Bundy on the big stage once again. And where are you off to next, uh, Jared, with your country calling? We, we know we hear you regularly during the week, uh, but where will you be off to with country calling? Uh, I've got, unfortunately, got a little bit of a break as well, quite time over Christmas, so I'll be uh, be back in action at that uh, that meeting uh, in late January at Bundaberg so I can put my feet up for a little while and uh, have a few Saturdays off. Enjoy that. Thank you for uh, joining us on Bushbeat this week and for your help all the way through the year. And again, well done on your Country Cups and Country Stampede calls. It was uh, just something a little extra that added to the day and it was a great day's racing. We've we've had a chance to reflect on it now. The dust has settled and really was a wonderful day. And Rob, just mentioning that too, it was great to see the uh, the Winter Carnival uh, had been announced by Racing Queensland this week and uh, hiding away there in part of the documentation is the Battle of the Bush Day for uh, June 2022 with the news that the Battle of the Bush is going to be a $200,000 race. Yeah, little whispers of that on that weekend down there, Tony, from the country panel, and uh, great to see that's now uh, cemented into the program. It just keeps uh, growing, that uh, particular 
event and uh, great to hear from uh, you this morning, Jared. And uh, thanks again for all your help and Merry Christmas to you and family. Thanks very much. Merry Christmas, guys. It was great to be a part of that uh, those two finals last week. And, yeah, no surprise to see that little bit extra prize money for the Battle of the Bush. Um, to be able to be a part of that uh, was Saturday week ago was, was a real thrill for me. And, yeah, when you see these country uh, trainers and jockeys and owners come to town, you can understand why Racing Queensland wants to get right behind this uh, initiative. So looking forward to, uh, to the Battle of the Bush in the Winter Carnival next year. Good on you, Jared. Thanks for that this morning. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Uh, Rob, we mentioned in amongst the, the news there on the, uh, the Bundaberg meeting that uh, it was a day of doubles where Kelly Gates and uh, Daryl Gardner each had a double. They combined for that win with Wrecking Ball. But our next guest also had a double on the day. Yeah, and uh, we welcome this morning and welcome back to Bushbeat uh, Gemma Steele, who, of course, was a country apprentice of the year, and it was probably back around that time. Uh, Gemma, as we welcome you, good morning to you. Um, congratulations morning. on the double on the uh, weekend. And was it about the time of the country apprenticeship title that we ha last had you on? Um, it would have been oh, maybe a couple of years ago through COVID, but the time before that you had um, Matt, in, Matt McGilvray and I on, so about that same time. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I just wanted to have the opportunity not only congratulate you on those wins on the weekend, just take us through those two rides because uh, in particular, Aratula, a horse that's really come into form with Mark Patterson. Yeah, no, um, he's he sort of took a little bit to break that maiden and I'd ridden him just before he won. But he seems to be the type of horse that now that he's worked out what it's all about, he just keeps turning up at the races. Um, was beaten a little bit at a few lengths at Gympie, but he was still put in a really good run and he's turned up again at Bundy where he's won before. So, yeah, hopefully he keeps going on. I think he's going to go for a bit of a spell now. You're back with us, Rob? Uh, that was Aratula, was it, Gemma? Sorry, I just dropped out a bit there. Someone um, forgot that I'm on Bushbeat this morning and tried to ring me. Um, <laughs> and what about King of the Harbour? Yeah, King of the Harbour. Um, I actually was a little bit... I was unsure about stepping up to the mile, but um, Simon seems to really know this horse. He's figured out his few quirks, and even between runs, um, he's really starting to put it together and just calmed down. He was a little bit hot earlier on. So he stepped up and actually won quite convincingly and I think he's going to head to Gladstone this weekend over 1500 so hopefully he can um, produce a similar top run Yeah I know you're riding I think at Dolby this week and probably Gladstone is it at the end of the week? Yeah Dolby on Thursday um, we've got three of the stable horses going I'm only riding the two um, we've got the one in the uh, two in the one race but um, and then I'll head up to Gladstone I rode my first winner at Gladstone so I always like getting back up there Plenty of practice from that sand track at Bundaberg as you head to Gladstone. But I find what I find interesting, Gemma, I went to the um, Queensland Country Jockeys Premiership. As I said, you've been previously a country apprentice uh, premier. Uh, that's going back a little bit now. We won't go too far into the years or anything like that. But here's Gemma Steele sitting on 14 wins in sixth position in the current premiership. 13 of them since the 28th of August, including three doubles and a treble at Gympie. Now, at one stage there in your career, there was quite a significant gap. Can you take our listeners through um, what the what the road has been for you since that time of the uh, the country uh, apprentice premiership right through to now? Yeah, there's. Um, so I was quite consistent in my first couple of years of riding, um, and then I'd had a fall late 2017, and 
it's just been up and down since then. Um, I've had surgery on my thumb and that had me out for a year and I had another fall at um, Calliope and that's given me a lot of um, post-concussional symptoms and with all of that comes weight gain as you get a bit older and a bit heavier and um, it has it just has me in and out uh, which makes it a bit hard. I, I like to I just get a bit of a roll on and something happens, I get injured or something again. So it um, takes its toll, but still I love it, so I keep turning back up. And you, you made a few comebacks, as you said, with injuries. You had several comebacks there. Um, and the point at one stage in this com- comeback, uh, I think you rode at Bar Calden, had the winner on the first day, and up to that you had six wins in a second from the last seven rides. You've almost had a bit of a drought in the last month with 12 rides since the last win, but you've got a lot of consistent form going at the moment. What do you put that down to? Uh, I think probably I have a lot of um, people supporting me. I've made a lot of great connections over the years. Um I don't know, like I had a bit of a, a few weeks off there. We've all had a lot of rain and we're missing meetings. And as we've spoken about coming back, it it's a, takes a bit of a toll, like emotionally, physically, mentally. And I've just found I've had to, you know, just if you're not feeling right, take that little bit of a spell and make sure that you're definitely 100% because it's not a sport that you can do half right. So I'm just, I just take it day by day and some mornings... I'm still getting up on the horses and having like those concussion symptoms. So if I feel like that, then I'm not going to ride on the weekend. But I definitely love my sand, sand tracks and just keeping connections with trainers that are always there and always support you has been a huge part of my success. Gemma, are you the sort of jockey that keeps a, a track of things like your stats of how many rides you've had, how many winners you've ridden, that sort of thing? Um, I do to a point. I do like to sort of um, just be thereabouts like I always say if I can ride a winner every couple of meetings and I like to have you know around five in my last 50 oh that's about as much just to keep it level you've got to just um because it is a competitive sport you've got to know that you're doing your job and if you're not then you've got to change things I only asked that question because I was doing some research yesterday afternoon and uh, on punters.com.au uh, Jockey Gemma Steele has had 669 career rides. Does that sound about right? It probably would be about right, yeah. How about then 104 winners? And does that mean that you knew that not liable at Gympie for Lenny Morm was your 100th winner? Well, I don't know. So, um, I don't know if sure it's accurate, put it that way. No, it's um, that part. So I don't know my career rides, but that part isn't accurate. Um, my 100th winner was on Victory Lass at uh, Torwood. We won the Torwood Cup. That was uh, okay. 2016. I'm not sure. I think I'm up to around the uh, probably 170, probably 170, 180 mark now. Oh, well, there you go. So, Here I, I am. You have gone amiss. Yeah. I'm quite, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them out. I'm quoting punters.com.au. So they're the ones that have got <laughs> the stats there. And you can only go by the stats you can find because this is one thing that, and I know Mark Oberhardt has said it for years, Racing doesn't do a great job of keeping track of, of history and their stats and things like that. There almost needs to be something like you see with the cricketers. If you want to know how many dot balls Shane Warne bowled in his career or how many runs Michael Clark scored and how many dot balls he faced or something like that, you can track down those kind of stats. And it's unfortunate that we don't do that kind of thing in racing. Gemma, I agree I'm completely. And Gemma and Sorry. Tony, I'm surprised Gemma doesn't know this because as an apprentice, you'd interview her every time and she could tell you what number of wins she was up to. <laughs> I was I was actually um, 
almost always equal wins or more than my meetings that I'd ridden at. So that's probably a little bit hard to keep up after about eight or nine years of riding now. But um, normally I'm pretty onto it. Well, I know that uh, someone who's listening in this morning is quickly onto it, and he sent me some updated career stats that he's found. Thank you, Brett. 1,204 career starts for 176 wins. That sounds better. Well, there you go, and I wasn't far off with the, the winner, winner mark, so I'm, <laughs> it's there about. I'm, I must be keeping a track of it. Yeah, I knew, you, I knew you'd have a track of it. You're riding at about 25% winner uh, strike rate at the moment. Gemma, what I'm curious about too, um, just from the point of view of jockeys, and particularly country jockeys, uh, it's not as though you've got every day of the week you can be riding. And, and when you have these uh, times where injury puts you out, how do you fill in your day? Because, you know, I mean, obviously early starts and then back later at stables. But how do you fill in the day? How do you keep the mind working? It's easy for us people in seven-day-a-week businesses. We just turn up to work. But how do jockeys go about filling in the day? Do you have a part-time job or anything like that with it? Uh, so I've, I've dabbled in a few different um, things, not for very long I just obviously I think you know I move around a little bit I chase the job opportunities and I love the experience of living in new places and working with new people Um, currently I keep myself quite busy because I'm working alongside Leonard Morn and we've got a stable of six here and I just I poke around little the little block here and the horses are there but um, uh, a lot of the time when I'm at home mum has 1500 acres mum and dad so that keeps me busy there's plenty of horses and dogs and animals aside from that it'd be good and i'd like to get a part-time job but i'll probably have to stay in one place a little bit longer and just if i can take a little bit further with the country jockeys there's often talk we have shortages of country jockeys you know it's hard with certain meetings on all the time and clashing uh getting jockeys to meetings do you have ideas of the best way to go about trying to um overcome this problem of a, of a general shortage of country jockeys yeah, so it's, a, it's been a, a pretty big topic probably in the last six months amongst people. Um, I think that we're really going down the right path with broadcasting our meetings, and that probably should have been happening, you know, six years ago. Um, probably just ensuring that we're always taking the opportunities with our meetings. Unfortunately, like we've lost the Charleville Melbourne Cup meeting and with rain and stuff like that we do lose some meetings but we need incentives i think we need to be bringing the apprentices out changing uh it so that we had the um country tab meetings i don't know if that was probably the right move apprentices aren't having to learn the ropes out west and they're not traveling out and doing those distances and contributing to the number of jockeys riding in the bush and what are the things that attract you then to move to these uh, other areas to pick up rides, apart from the obvious that it's your income, but what is it that makes you want to travel for them? I love the racing dynamic in the country meetings. It's just always been a part of me and probably why I never went further afield. But I, as it is, I do find I've got to stay a little bit closer to where my parents are around Wandai and where I am currently in Chinchilla, just simply because you can pick up those like the two rides of Have at Dolby this week. And if there were more meetings, even if it was like every second week that we could get a Sunday meeting, it'd just, I'd be considering moving back out west. I'd sooner be out there. But you've got to, yeah, you've got to earn that income. And when your main source is riding, 
you've got to chase those little little few extra rides during the week. We've seen that happen in recent times where we have had uh, the opportunity to race on a Sunday, mostly because uh, meetings that have been washed out and, and transferred to the next day or something like that. And we've seen plenty of the country hoops making those big treks. I think, Rob, there was, wasn't there one where you had the Sunday meeting at Longreach and Brooke Richardson went to Cunnamulla or Charleville on the Saturday and no, then all Brooke the way went. back to Longreach Sunday? Yeah, Cloncurry on um, a Friday. I think she ended up at Cunnamulla Um the next next day, and she did that two years running. Yeah, um, and that's the benefit of being over the split days, and uh, certainly, yeah, with the long reach one the previous uh, Sunday, not too long ago, you get the impact that there's plenty of jockeys available because Claremont and Roma were clashing on the Saturday, that's right, and it yeah. was a bit silly to try and put that Blackall meeting at Longreach on that Saturday. And Gemma, I think that's the point you're making, is it that uh, if we can get a bit of split scheduling for these meetings. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know we changed the meeting. I'm not sure what the circumstances were, but uh, a Jundam meeting that was on the Sunday and I'd actually tentatively booked rides and then, as it turned out, I'd be driving past two or three meetings to come out there and I know that was a bit of a jockey shortage and I'd actually prepared myself to go out to Kanamala and then Junda on the next day. But like, like I sort of said, you can't drive past meetings. You can pick up the same number of rides, even if you would prefer to ride in those places. Yeah, sometimes you've just got to put in the extra miles and, and go where the work takes you. Thank you for joining us on Bushbeat this morning, Gemma. Good luck with those couple at Dolby at the tab meeting on Thursday. And also, if you're heading to Gladstone on Saturday, we wish you all the best there as well. Thank you, and thank you for having me again. Hopefully, again soon. Hey, yeah, hopefully it won't be uh, the same length of time before you're a guest on Bushbeat again. No, exactly. Good on you, Gemma. Gemma Steele with us on Bushbeat, Rob. And, uh, yeah, one of those uh, situations that we've been discussing all the way through the year uh, about how do we combat the shortage of jockeys, it's starting to work and we're starting to see uh, a few jockeys you know, make uh, the trek a lot more uh, than what they perhaps may have been previously. And we're starting to see, as you've been saying, quite a few relocating to different areas, but it's uh, still something that needs to be worked on. And maybe that could be the idea of splitting meetings to run uh, Friday into Saturday or Saturday into Sunday. Yeah, and Gemma pointing out that the apprentices need to be getting out and unfortunately there's no way of forcing them to do that from the city areas and the only way around that I think Tony is, is the suggestions you often hear let's get some apprenticeship schools say in Rockhampton in towns or so the apprentices actually come from the country areas from their grassroots they're willing to go to a, a town like that to do their training where there's qualified people to do it and I think you, you solve the problem from the bottom up from growing your apprenticeship base and uh, they're the ones that want to be out here and they will travel in the area. So when you combine all these things into the melting pot, which hopefully it'll continue to do with Racing Queensland and the Country Racing Panel, we, we will come up with the solutions down the track. Before we wrap up Bushbeat for today, we need to look back at what happened at Roma on the weekend. They held their Christmas meeting presented by McDonald's and it was a, uh, a big win uh, at Bassett Park on the sand for last Armageddon in the uh, McDonald's Roma Open. 300 metres to go, circling to the home turn. Last Armageddon on the outside of Vignorette, fall back to Fab's Cowboy, followed then by Hopped running on OK and Nick the Skip in the straight. Last Armageddon gets to the lead from over on the inside there would have been Vignorette. Fab's down the outside, not coming quickly enough, I don't think. It's Last Armageddon in front. Last Armageddon goes to the lead and 
wins, followed by Fab's Cowboys run second, Hawk third, I think, just in front of Vineyard, Nick the Skip and Husson Shout at the tail of the field. Marty Haley in the saddle there for trainer Craig Smith on last Armageddon beating Fab's Cowboy and Hocked. It was a day of doubles there at Roma as well on the weekend. Rob Craig Smith with a training double, Scott Rogers with a training double and Scotty combining with John Rudd. Yeah, and talk about jockeys and apprentices going into these race meetings in country areas. You, you look no further than Roma. Marty Haley, uh, of course, based in Mackay, and that win for Craig Smith with last Armageddon, uh, the first of the uh, the second of the winners there. And you look at his other winner, and young Cody Collis, who's continually riding provincial as well, but he then heads out to Roma and gets up on Spicy again, the first starter for Craig, the three-year-old by Territory. He's getting up over Sunnyside Cottage and Cajun Lady. But, but what a journeyman John Rudd is and of course it's great to see John get that double on the day uh, both for Scotty Rogers they kicked off with Island All a uh, strong win in this maiden played over Sir Slew and Roses for Ollie for the alert three year old filly after three placings at its last three and, and John uh, like he, he travels out to Longreach regularly and he's always the first jockey you see on track so he gets here nice and early great to see him getting these results moving day the other winner for Scott Rogers and John the Turfontaine five year old mare getting up in the class be over lucky enough and uh, Rostrum and uh, look Brooke Richardson we know Brooke's story of course and she was down with the country uh, stampede and uh, Pat Webster puts her on like a special that she has a great association with I think it's now two wins in a second from four uh, three wins sorry in a second for four rides on this particular mare by Monashi Mountain it had finished second on Cup Day defeated at the helm and four love and, and Brooke's in that layoff period for the Central West but have saddle will travel she's off to Roma and boots home the winner and of course uh, a talking apprentices again a young apprentice four kilo claim Joanna McCrae for Wayne Baker with Rin Viata the Springshaw Cup winner taking the benchmark 60 over 1640 uh, coming off three places defeated Parangus and Froze so Tony just looking at that one example of a meeting and obviously it's a meeting where there wasn't too many other meetings on to clash for jockeys but what a great array of those jockeys to see there apprentices apprentices who only have two kilo claim and really experienced jockeys kicking home the winners Looking at the uh, TAB provincial meetings uh, that were conducted last week, we always like to acknowledge the riding doubles and uh, multiple winners if we can. Manu Pokita with a double at Cairns on Tuesday. At Bakai on Thursday, it was Justin Stanley and Jason Lyon with a double at the Saturday program that was conducted at Townsville. And you mentioned before the Burn It to the Beach series, Rob. Uh, we're five legs into it so far. We're off to Esk this weekend. Uh, and uh, at this stage, I think it's Shannon. I don't know that I've updated here since we had the... Did we have the meeting at Nanango or did we get washed out there? I've lost track of what was going on where. No, Nanango got washed out. So we've had four legs. We missed Nanango and we're off to West this weekend. So after the four legs conducted so far, Shannon Steffens leading the jockey's tally on 20 points. Uh, Kakatia or Kakatia is uh, heading up the uh, horse's tally on 22 and it's Kim Afford leading the trainers at the moment on 31 but there's a long way to go there's plenty of points to come through Eskimpi, Monto, Wandai, Burrendown and Bundaberg all the way through to May next year and plenty of meetings uh, to continue on even though it's a quite a period for Bush Pete. and of course we count down to the Queensland Ra Country Racing Awards at uh, Emerald 5th of February if I've got the date right, right Tony and of course all those nominations for the categories are now available to see on um, social media yeah check those out at uh, On The Bit Racing Australia's Facebook page and if you haven't got your tickets 
tickets yet. They are selling very quickly and you don't want to miss out. Uh, Saturday, 5th of February 2022 for the uh, Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards and uh, tickets available now. Make sure you grab those and we will see you in Emerald in February. Rob, we'll talk more. Talk more about that uh, next week, Tony, I'm sure. I was just going to say, uh, I will uh, bid you Merry Christmas because I won't see you next week. I'm <laughs> off next week on my little Christmas break, but I'll be back uh, with our meeting, uh, our uh, show coming back uh, straight after the Boxing Day and uh, straight into 2022. There's not a lot of rest for the wicket, but the wicket gets a little bit of a yeah, break here and there. Well, Merry Christmas to you and uh, Wendy and the family, Tony. And again, thank you for all, all the help and us working together again on another successful Bush Beat year. We'll look forward to next week. And uh, listeners, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au for any updates you'd like to, us to uh, focus on. And be back next week for Bush Beat uh, with uh, Brownie, I believe. Yeah, Brownie in the chair with you next week. Thank you for that, Rob. And Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. Thank you, Tony. Good morning to you and good morning, listeners. Our thanks to Rob Luck, Jared Wessel and Gemma Steele for joining us on the show today. Good luck to the clubs racing this weekend with Atherton, Warwick, Esk and Gladstone all racing on Saturday and the TAB program today at Kilcoy and the one at Dolby on Thursday. And yes, I look forward to catching up with everybody after Christmas. Uh, to you and yours, have a safe Christmas, especially if you're travelling, and uh, look forward to bringing all of the country results down the track. Have a good weekend.